0: Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast. This is your host, Matt Shook, and this is the episode for Friday, January 26th, with some huge stars coming to Detroit this weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S C H O C H, -H 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 another underscore after that. Follow us on the Locked On Pistons Twitter account at Locked On Pistons. And we got a Facebook page now, so you should follow that and like that and join the conversation at Locked On Pistons match shook as well. The Oklahoma City Thunder will be in town on Saturday, and LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. On a back-to-back for the Detroit Pistons coming into town on Sunday leading up to their another back-to-back as the Pistons will play the Cavs twice in a row this week on Tuesday night in Cleveland. And in a wrap-up, we'll talk about the All-Star Game selections draft process which took place on Thursday. You'll be happy to know that I hated the whole process and why why it wasn't televised and why they're doing this whole thing in the first place. But anyway, the Pistons are now 22-24 and 24 in the middle of a six-game losing streak. And they're going to be playing host on Saturday to a team on a six-game winning streak as they will be hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder, 5 o'clock for the tip at Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. I haven't seen a line on the game yet, but I would imagine that Vegas is leaning heavy towards the visitors as they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA playing against one of the lowest teams in the NBA right now. I've said it for many years, and I'll say it again here, why can't everyone else see how selfish Russell Westbrook, is. I've always hated the Oklahoma City Thunder, well not hated them from the very beginning of their little run they had with Durant and Westbrook, but as it became clear that Westbrook was one of the more selfish guys in the league and a lot of fans and media didn't really see it and didn't really point that out very often and how impossible it would be to play with him, it's just kind of irked me over the years and I probably have an irrational feeling towards it nowadays, as if Kevin Durant leaving wasn't enough of a clue, although I'm not a huge fan of KD either, now we have Oladipo out there as an all star. Ennis Cantor, who's a young, solid player for the New York Knicks, and then Damatas Sabonis as well, who didn't do anything for the Thunder, who's now playing a vital role for Indiana as they are a playoff team. Listen to that Detroit Pistons. The Indiana Pacers are well in the playoffs, and the Pistons are not. And all those guys are shining on their new teams without Westbrook. I was listening recently to a Bill Simmons podcast on the Ringer Network, and He had on Pastor Carl, who you're probably not familiar with, but he's this guy who apparently advises Durant, and Kevin Durant goes to get spiritual help from him, and he was rumored to be maybe an even major part about the decision for him to leave Oklahoma City and go into um, play for the Golden State Warriors instead, but anyway, Pastor Carl was on with Bill Simmons, and he he said he's a pretty interesting guy in the interview, by the way. But when the conversation got to Westbrook, it was like the two guys were chatting and they're like, quote, I don't I don't think Russ has any friends and stuff like that. And and, and I said quote before that. There, there wasn't a quote. It was just kind of recapping a conversation I'd heard a couple months ago. But – the and how, it, like, they were celebrating the fact that he didn't have, like, hangers on and stuff like that. But also mentioning that he just kind of hangs out with his dad and doesn't let anyone in. And I'm sitting there listening, like, what in the world – what kind of world would it be helpful – to be unliked, especially in a team sport. And I think that as we've kind of chronicled Russell Westbrook's career, it's hard to see what could be – how how can you not see how unlikable this guy is? And I think it turns out as time goes on – the pendulum swinging a little bit in the direction that I have been saying for many years. Now we've got Westbrook going out there and complaining about Paul George not getting in the All-Star game, and I totally see through it, and I hope you guys all do too. It seems like those times where Kobe tried to be a great teammate just for the cameras, which always seemed so manufactured, and, and I think Westbrook is like equally unlikable to Kobe from the outside. And the weird part is I always liked Kobe because I think everybody hated Kobe back then. There were so many haters, and now it's it's like the media and the writers and a lot of the analytics folks who just look at the stats, they, they they love Russ, even though he's just horrible to the to his teammates, horrible to the media consistently, and just basically seems like an ass all the time, pretty much always, and that's another thing that's always kind of colored my opinion of how, is how a guy kind of treats the media. You might, of course, it's easy to say I'm biased, I've spent a lot of times interviewing pro athletes and all kind of athletes in locker rooms after games and everything, but I thought I thought of that as something that's a simple manifestation of what kind of person you are. I mean, you answer the question of these people who are doing their jobs, and let's all kind of move on with our days. Now, obviously, there's exceptions to that if media is doing something or deserves some sort of slight or trying to rile up something. But for the most part, I mean, we're all just out there kind of doing our jobs, and most of us aren't given a lot of huge hot takes that are going to be – you know things that you need to be upset about, or something like that. Now, obviously, it, I, I realize the irony in me saying these things about Russell Westbrook, as I'm saying that most of us aren't, most of us aren't saying those kind of things. But I feel like after the MVP season last year, like I said, the pendulum has kind of swung back in terms of the perception, and now the popular opinion is maybe back a little bit more on the side of Russell Westbrook. Maybe not the face of the franchise of a future NBA champion. And I just don't think that will ever be the case for him throughout his career. But anyway, the Thunder coming into town hot, six-game winning streak. Since the first meeting where the Pistons got the win in the heartland, these teams have, um, let's just say, Gone in different directions, and Russ has kind of taken over the scoring. While early on in the season, him and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony were trying to figure out the offense, Russ has kind of taken over a little bit more, and Paul George has become maybe a little bit more of the defensive stopper. While Melo just kind of hangs out and has some big games, but has a lot more of these games where he's scoring less and less as the season goes on. He had a single-digit point total recently in a win against Charlotte. Had 13 on Thursday and 10 against Brooklyn. And again, all three of those games that I just mentioned were all part of this six-game winning streak. So they're winning, even though Mello, who's uh, one of the best you know, sharpshooters in NBA history and s- pure scorers in NBA history, he's not really getting that done night in and night out. He still can. He still can get up to close to 30 points and and get hot from the outside and knock down some shots. But you know, Not the not the New York or Denver Carmelo that we're used to. But it looks like the Thunder have definitely figured it out. we got to give credit to them for that. And all signs are definitely pointing to Oklahoma City rolling over the Pistons on Saturday. So, of course, given that it says these are the Pistons and this is uh, an NBA season that's been a little bit strange, especially if you're a Detroit fan, maybe the Pistons find it in themselves to turn the tables a little bit on Saturday. We're going to talk a little bit about Sunday's opponent, the struggling Cleveland Cavaliers, in a little bit. But if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, then your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Pistons is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at s c h o c h a S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. A little bit later on in the show, I'm going to give my thoughts on the All-Star Game drafts between Stephen Curry and LeBron James and how awesome that idea is. But the Cavs are coming to town on Sunday, 6 o'clock in downtown Detroit for a little matinee action there. The teams will meet again in Cleveland on Tuesday. If there's a way for the Pistons to get a split from these games, that would be great. And there is reason to be optimistic if you're a Pistons fan about that, and maybe even possibly getting a sweep if you've got the rose-colored glasses on. I'm here to tell you that that won't happen. But after the Christmas Day loss to the Golden State Warriors at the start of this stretch, the Cavs have lost 10 of 13 which is completely unheard of for a team that's expected to go back to the NBA Finals this year. But the defense has been big problems. The Sharks are circling around Ty Lu. Everyone believes the Cavs are going to try to make a move before the February 8th trade deadline. George Hill of the Sacramento Kings was the big name that was linked to them this week. I still think Avery Bradley would look good in the champagne-colored Cavs uniform, with Detroit getting some kind of asset by dumping him off, whether that be from the Cavaliers or a third or fourth team involved in a bigger deal. Point guard Isaiah Thomas, who was acquired in the Kyrie Irving trade with Boston in the offseason, is playing now for Cleveland. Not really playing that well, but he is playing about 30 minutes a game. What the hell? Tyron Lue, I mean, he's not known for his effective long-term minutes management, as evidenced by LeBron James leading the NBA in minutes last year and being up near the top this year as well. But Isaiah is scoring a lot lately, but at five foot whatever he is it's a defensive liability out there something that if the Pistons didn't have Ish Smith as their number one point guard option right now could take advantage of but that's probably not an option either for the Pistons the Cavs play tonight on Friday night against the Indiana Pacers so it might be worth keeping an eye on that one maybe Isaiah Thomas or someone else will be given a rest day in one of the games against Detroit whether that be on Sunday or Tuesday I'm still in on the Cavs by the way I know that uh be an unpopular opinion these days, but I think some way, somehow, I still think they get to the NBA Finals, and they'll probably get destroyed again just like last year. I know some of you would probably take that bet right now and go with Boston in the field, but I'm still on Team LeBron. I've learned my lesson over the years to never bet against him within reason, of course. I mean, the Golden State Warriors will definitely be favored to beat them once again in the Finals, and I would certainly agree with that assessment, too. The Cavs had a big team meeting on Monday that everyone was talking about earlier in the week. Isaiah Thomas went after Kevin Love. Somehow he's already stepped into the going after other all-stars on the team uh, role on the team while playing a handful of games in uniform for them, but he was insinuating that Kevin Love wasn't sick or something like that as he left Sunday's game early and then missed practice after that, but it sounded like they've smoothed over those kind of things somewhat but uh, still not winning since then and then Tyron Liu the big news on Thursday was that um, going into the Indiana game Tristan Thompson apparently will be coming off the bench and starting alongside Kevin Love on the front line bumping Jay Crowder to the bench so a lot of big big questions for Cleveland if you're following ESPN of course you know every little second of what's going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers but like I said be uh, ready for them to make possibly a big move maybe even a series of moves before the February 8th trade deadline. And LeBron James, on Thursday, he was involved in the conference call with Stephen Curry to draft up the All-Star teams. I don't know why or who thought this would be a good idea to fix up the All-Star game draft selection process, but I'm going to be talking about that next here on Lockdown on Pistons. If you are listening to this podcast, there is a decent chance that you are among the cursed of us that are Lions fans as well, so listen to the Locked On Lions podcast on the Locked On Network. Matt Derry of Detroit Sports Radio fame brings you the daily look at the Detroit Leos as they head towards the combine, towards the draft, with their new coaching staff that will be announced very soon as well, so lots to be excited about for the Detroit Lions. Counting down to the playoff victory to next year that I'm sure will be coming with the new coaching staff. Yeah, right, so anyway, The All-Star Game selections were made by the NBA this week, and then on Thursday, the two top vote-getters in each conference, LeBron James and Steph Curry, surprise, surprise, they were the top vote-getters. They underwent a draft, much like you and your friends do on the fantasy tables during the... Uh, pre-seasons for your favorite sports seasons. But anyway, Curry and LeBron had one of those on Thursday afternoon. They did not make the selections in terms of when, who was drafted when, made public. Although Kevin Durant Instagrammed something on Thursday about being the first pick by LeBron. No reason to believe that he wasn't. So uh, it sounds like that uh, LeBron made KD the first pick of the draft. But after that, it's pretty much anyone's guess. Curry's team has more shooting and LeBron James. This team has more size. Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, Russ Westbrook among the notables that are joining LeBron and KD on that team. I don't know what they're gonna be called. LeBron team LeBron or if there's going to be some sort of tribute to the past, or I, I, it's probably out there, and there probably is some sort of name for these teams. But anyway, I don't know them off the top of my head. But anyway, Steph Curry will have Giannis on his team, also his Warriors teammates, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, Joel Embiid, who gets headlines wherever he goes these days, and James Harden are and the probably the favorite for the MVP award right now alongside LeBron James. Uh, James Harden is so he'll be suiting up with Team Curry or whatever they're going to be called. The idea is to spice up the all-star game and then not televising that draft, which is pretty much the only interesting thing about this whole new wrinkle. It's not like the players on Team LeBron are going to be wanting to defend LeBron's honor or something like that or vice versa for Steph Curry. I just don't. The The, the draft would be the only reason that you would make this kind of change, to add something spicy to the The league. And I know that everyone's kind of saying that. The idea that I have an opinion that they should have televised the draft is not like a a new or unique opinion, but I'll take that even a step further and say the fact that they didn't televise it makes it not at all worth making the initial switch in the first place. I can't imagine that anyone is any more excited about this All-Star game than before, when at least you had the East versus West as something that could possibly give players something to play for. Now, it hasn't really materialized in these last few years, but my guess is you won't see any real difference between this All-Star game and the recent ones in the past. They're going to run up and throw a bunch of alley-oops for three and a half quarters, and that happens to be close at the end then you'll see a pretty entertaining finish probably hopefully so um, I did find a few people online and on Twitter who are actually excited about the All-Star game for some reason, and one of them is an old friend of this podcast. I found an article on ESPN.com where a few of the writers were kind of getting into like uh, you know one of those things where you throw a couple prompts out there, and it's a chat, basically, between the writers. And one of the writers was Amin El-Hassan, who actually, I guess, is not really a writer, but a personality on ESPN.com he of the attacking Detroit on Twitter fame as some sort of joke that, you know, I didn't get at the time and um, probably played along into what he, whatever he was doing in terms of his performance art of making fun of the city of Detroit in a prior episode, a past episode, sorry, of uh, Locked on Pistons. And he was saying uh, under the prompt of the first question that was asked of the writers in this thing, they asked, who won the draft? And Amin Helasan says, we, the audience did. There's a great deal more intrigue an interest in this game as a result of this new format, and we're all anxious to see if Team Curry's shooting can overcome Team LeBron's size advantage. This is fun! Exclamation point! All-Star Sunday has its mojo back. So I think this guy is basically kind of a troll. I, I can't I can't. I can't wrap my arm, my head around someone actually having this opinion. That there's some sort of groundswell about this being really cool, and I'm excited to see who these guys are. Maybe I'm not noticing a sarcasm font or something, or maybe he's just going full troll and taking the the opposite opinion of what most people would think or should think. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Does anyone care? Am I, am I wrong about this? I think this is a crazy opinion, and I couldn't care less about the all-star game now at least at least as an eastern conference fan of the pistons in the past and the, the east has been you know worse than the west for many years now almost two decades probably in any real kind of argument at least the as an eastern conference fan it was like well Maybe we can win the All-Star Game, and that might show uh, that we're not as bad as the Western Conference, or maybe that will give us some kind of legitimacy And as we have these discussions with other NBA fans across the country or on Twitter or online or anything like that. I mean, it's not a real thing. It's not that big of a deal at all, but at least it was something to kind of hang your head on. And, of course... If you're a Pistons fan or a Tigers fan with the American League All-Stars or something like that, you always rooted for your team. You always wanted the Eastern Conference team to win because your team was in the Eastern Conference. But, I mean, with this whole thing, I just don't see any reason to root for either of those teams. I mean, I'm not anti-LeBron or anti-Steph Curry. I like both those guys and whatever, but I'm not, like, a fan of them so much that I believe that their team needs to win over the other team or something like that. I just can't really wrap my mind around – why anyone would possibly care about this any more than the East versus West. And like I said, my opinion is, if anything, the East versus West at least had – That East versus West thing. So, Lockdown Pistons fans, let me know if you care. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but let me know on social media if you think I'm wrong about that. But coming up on Monday, enjoy the weekend, everyone, by the way. And we're going to look back on that weekend on Monday's episode of Lockdown Pistons. Big games against Oklahoma City and Cleveland. The Pistons are fading away in this season right now. Need to do something to turn around. I have a feeling we'll have some things to talk about, whether it be maybe me just going nuts and losing it on Monday's podcast about where the season is headed. Down the toilet, or maybe we'll have at least one win to talk about for the Detroit Pistons at home at Little Caesars Arena against these high profile teams with some high profile players on it. So, you got no excuse for the crowd to not be very good this weekend, unless, of course, you want to talk about the Pistons being on a six game losing streak and not generating a lot of interest among the Detroit area right now. But anyway, follow the Lockdown NBA Network Twitter feed at Lockdown NBA Net. And also go on Facebook and follow us at LockedOnPistons. Sorry, dash Matt shook. Almost got through that whole thing without screwing it up. But anyway, have a great weekend, everyone! Thanks for listening. Enjoy the Pistons games this weekend, and we'll talk to you all again soon.